Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. My thought tonight is this. Um, tomorrow I, I have a word for the church, a prophetic word for this church. Tonight is a prophetic word for the season in the body of Christ. Um, this is the year for you to take back what the enemy has stolen from your life. This is your take back year. I, I'm so excited about the timing of uh, the release of this to the body of Christ because this is, my wife and I have lived through this. And to be able to talk about our own testimony is one thing, but to tell everyone else, hey, man, this is your time too. It's your take back time. Jesus said in John 10, 10, it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible because it's a summation of the gospel. He said, the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I like to tell people, the fingerprints of God are never on the evil things that happen in this world. If it ain't good, it ain't God, okay? And we have to get better at that because when you're talking to an atheist or an agnostic, to a thinking person, and you start bringing up the stuff that God's done, you know that God didn't do that. Sin did that. A fallen man did that. A real enemy. You know, there is a demonic power. We have to defend the honor of God. I, at least I like to. Um, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I'm the antidote. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The inference, Jesus said, is that everything that thief takes, I can give back. Life back. And so whatever has been taken from you, I've got good news for you. Jesus is ready to give it back to you. He's ready to give it back to you. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31, there is a, a teaching about marriage, fidelity, and, but right in the middle of it is a biblical principle about reparation or restoration. And it says this, if a thief is found, he must repay of the substance of his house seven times. If a thief is found. Now think about this. What part of your life, what part of your store, your family, has the devil been ripping off? And, and God never shows us what we've lost to hurt us. He shows us what we've, lo what we've lost so he can restore us. That's what God wants to do. He wants to give you a sense because as the, in the body of Christ as a whole, we've been ripped off, okay? We've been ripped off of a revival that's supposed to come to America, a great awakening. Come on, man. I'm not going to die without having one. I, listen, I, I, I have a, a man, you know, God's blessed me. We have a big church and 10 campuses, blah, 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 blah. But, but we don't have a great awakening. See, you can have a great church and still it, 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 you have to measure what God's doing around the world in your city. So, so Jesus is ready to do something, and we have to be the generation that contends for it. Okay, we have to be. Okay, so, so if a thief is found, my, my main scripture to you is from 1 Samuel chapter 30. It's the story of King David. And I, I, I love King David. And, and he's just a, um, someone was asking me, because I have a couple degrees in psychology. 
about books on psychology. I said, the best book ever written on psychology is the Bible. <laughs> have, you, have you read the Bible? It's unbelievable. And in the life of David, we have such a, a rich narrative of a human person, a flawed person, a real person. And the reason why God includes the flaws of Abraham, Moses, and David, and, and Peter, and, all, and Paul is so that we, that we would never come to the wrong conclusion that God used them because they were great people. <laughs> See, God does great things to average people, to normal people. It's, it's, it's the greatness of God. So David is on this journey when he's 17 he begins this, well, even earlier than that, he begins this journey to destiny. And uh, it takes a while. It takes 13 plus years. And now he's three days away from being crowned king. He's three days away from entering into the fulfillment of his prophetic destiny. And he goes through the most discouraging thing he's ever been through. See, when discouragement is the greatest, destiny is the closest. Because discouragement is the enemy's greatest assassin against your destiny. So what happened in David's story is this. It happened when David and his men came to Ziklag, 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. Ziklag was their temporary res residence in this decade of wandering or waiting. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, burned it down. They had taken captive the women and those that were from there, from the greatest to the smallest. They didn't kill anyone but carried them away. They went on their way. Just a couple of points. So often the primary methodology of, of the enemy's assault to discourage you is to attack your family and your finance. And when you have both of those simultaneously, it has an overwhelming sense of burden. So he's hitting, he's being, you know, devil punched, okay? Left, right, he's going through a lot, family and finance. David and his men, when they came to the city, there it was, burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives, just so we would know that David experienced. Leaders experience what people experience. See, see it's part of God's plan. You know, so, so Aaron could feel. Aaron was taken from the people so he would, could identify with the people. That's what God does. And, but often people don't, they, they don't include that in their judgments about leaders. And they expect leaders to live above the difficulties of life, but we have to pray for our leaders. We have to pray for Pastor Justin and Jamie and the staff here. You've got awesome pastor, amen. Dustin's on fire. He's, I mean, he's anointed. Pastor Jamie. David's two wives, Ohinoham, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, have been taken captive. So David naturally was also greatly distressed. Because the, speak, the people, the board spoke of firing him. Okay, there were inside pastor's joke. For, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So, so, so 
a grief is a normal reaction to loss. So we, we, we absolutely know this. When people don't properly grieve in a traumatic loss in their life, they create a problem in their future. Because that grief, when you stuff it down, has to come out somewhere. It'll come out in your nervous system, in your body. It'll come out in your health. It'll come out in a relational um, um, bad decision. So they're grieving. So it's, it's, it's normal to grieve. But God always puts an expiration date on negative emotions. And whenever we allow a negative emotion to stay past its expiration date, it becomes toxic. One of the, the cool things about my wife, we're very different, and that she's, um, she's so organized and I'm prophetic and spontaneous, and she's um, um, in our pantry, our food pantry, all the things are labeled. Snack shelf. There's, there's a label there. So, I mean, it's so orderly that even, uh, you know, anybody could come in and find stuff in her house. It's just wonderful. And uh, I, I so appreciate that about her. But, but every now and then she'll, she'll just go through the refrigerator and say, what are you doing? She said, I'm, I'm checking the expiration dates of this of the stuff. I said, honey, don't worry about that. I just eat it until it smells bad. <laughs> she said, no, no. By the time it smells bad, it's already toxic. See, see what happens? Never grant the temporary permission to be permanent. Grief is, grief is healthy until it's unhealthy. And it's unhealthy when it becomes anger. And, and the way we get over grief, we have an insurance policy through Jesus. Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn. Why? They shall be comforted. There's nothing you'll ever go through. No pain that God doesn't have a remedy for. And uh, so we have this promise from Jesus. He heals broken hearts. He, he drives out. The psalmist said this in Psalm 30. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes, joy comes, joy comes. So that it, it's important to recognize when anything in your life is becoming unhealthy. So when people are moving in anger, anger is always the... It's always the symptom of a deeper problem. So it's, for men, it's unhealed hurt. And so the men go, and so David's men are talking about stoning him, but David encouraged himself. David was proactive. David took responsibility. Now you have to be very careful in this generation because they're empowering people to live in offense by telling them they're justified to be always angry. But the problem with being justifying your anger or being a victim is victims never get better. So you don't want to be someone your whole life that has a reason to be angry but never get better. So in the kingdom, Jesus has solution. He has a prescription for us. The medicine of his word, his spirit, his love. The medicine of worship. The value of worship to your soul is unbelievable. Uh, but anyway, so, so David encouraged himself. The Lord's got, now, just a couple of points. In the, in the Bible, the Amalekites have a rich biblical history. And it begins all the way back when Israel was coming out of Egypt. And when they did, there's two million Jews. They're walking across the wilderness. The Amalekites attacked them. And they attacked them. Many nations resisted or fought or attacked Israel. 
But the Amalekites did it unusually. And their methodology so offended God, God said, I'm going to, from generation to generation, eternally war against that spirit. Because it so represents the mind of Satan. And so what they did in, in, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 25, God says, remember Amalek, how he attacked you. He said you atta he attacked your rear ranks, the tired and the weary. See, the Amalekite spirit is the spirit that studies you and attacks you when you're the weakest, where you're the weakest. And, and it comes. And, and so they attacked. And by the, by the time all the young warriors at the front of this massive congregation could circle around to help, they had already gone. They had attacked and left. And God said, I covenant to never stop warring against this spirit. See, more people quit the battleground of faith because of discouragement than any other reason. Satan specializes in trying to discourage us. Discouragement is a poisonous viper. You have to kill it or it will kill you. Discouragement is the assassin of hell, assigned to destroy your destiny. So, so... A little bit further on, Moses encounters Amalek again, another, another time. And, and, and in Exodus chapter 17, Joshua is fighting Amalek in a valley. Moses is up on a hill, his hands raised in worship and praise to God in prayer. And Joshua was winning. Joshua was winning the day. But Moses' hands grew weary. See, see, one of the things in life is this. That often what discourages people the most is not something that's going wrong, but how long it lasts. So, so Moses put down his hands, and when he put down his hands because he was weary, Amalek began to prevail. And so Aaron and her, the assistants of Moses, said, we know how to do this. We're going to hold up your hands. And so one grabbed one arm, one the other arm, and they put him on a rock. See, you're going to find out sooner or later you're not superman or superwoman that you need people in your life to hold up your hands praise god for church 1132 for a church where people stand with each other amen and moses moses called the name of that place he called god that place at that place yahweh nisi the lord my banner of victory and i just want to tell you that jesus healed me of depression and discouragement Jesus is our victor. He's our victory. He's our source of strength, no matter what we are going through. So David preached himself happy. He took accountability. Now listen, just as a little counselor, okay, no one can make you feel anything. So when people sit in my office and they a couple of, well, he makes me feel. No, no. He does things. You feel these things, and you choose to keep feeling those things. Your, your feelings are your own. And, and that's how we get better when we say to God, God, my heart feels this. Would you please help me not feel? I, the, the Lord said to me, because what happened to Mary and I 22 years ago, when we were 27, we started a church just too early. And I, I, I'm so grateful for all the people Jesus healed from my first sermons. And, uh, but for, we started in my hometown, in Cameron's uh, father's hometown in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
And the church grew, and it was uh, in 10 years, about 4,000 people on the weekends. And we were building a large building in 1995 um, after we'd been there 10 years, a 4,800-seat auditorium. And it was halfway up, massive, going five stories high uh, on the busiest street in our town. And in August of that year, our treasurer embezzled $20 million from us, from the church, from members of the church. He had the equivalent of a savings and loan. We had all of our money with him. And uh, that's the way you stop a building program. So 10 front page stories, six lawsuits, class action lawsuits. I had 15 concurrents at the same time attorneys covering different aspects of what we were going through. Uh, death threats, bankruptcy, homelessness. Uh, my son started doing drugs, became a drug addict for seven years. Um, I became chronically uh, depressed. I knew I was depressed because I was finishing my PhD in psychology. So I laid on my own couch and said, you're sick. I said, I know I'm sick. So that, uh, uh, it, 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 that really happened. I was, you know, I was, I was discovering, oh, oh, man, I got this too. Oh, geez. Uh, but uh, so all those things happened, and, and um, I became depressed because when hope walks out, depression walks in. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. We are not made to survive without it. We suffocate eternal, internally without hope. May the God of hope flood our souls with hope in this, for this year. This is your take back year. So... David went all th through all those things. What, well, our story was, God helped me. I, um, two and a half years into my depression, I was watching TBN, which is a Christian, uh, for all of you young people, it's a Christian TV station <laughs> that used to be popular. And uh, this awesome Texan black preacher named T.D. Jakes was preaching. And uh, I, I think that was 97 uh, or uh, 98 I got on the plane the next day, went to his church, bought every cassette tape they had. Before, you know, their bookstore was really tiny. They were making fun of me. And uh, the gal was sitting there having a great time. You're not going to believe this white guy wants all the TV chicks. And I, I brought two grocery bags worth of tapes home. I, I got on the plane, came right back home. I started listening to tapes. I started working out. I, I've, I've never drank. I've never smoked. But I ate my weight at 330 pounds, and, uh, which is another way of suicide. Um, so anyways, all those things happened. Jesus healed my broken heart. Now listen, I had to participate in it. I had to participate. I worked out, I'm studying, finished my degrees, spending time with God, going back to worship, doing everything, anything, everything I could do. Uh, going to my friends' meetings around the country, and, and they, they would make fun of me in, in a kind way. But I, I answered every altar call. I feel, like, I feel like there's some women in here suffering. Shh. I, I, I'm in. And they're like, oh, don't worry. That's just Mike. He answers every altar call. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so desperate for God. Don't care what people think. Yeah. And um, so Jesus healed us. He gave us a new beginning. He delivered my son from drugs. He's a pastor in our church. <laughs> delivered my mind. And, and uh, so just, just miracles all around our world. But all of that, the, the getting back 
stuff is easy to God. Once we, once he has someone who gets their mind right. See, when you get your mind right, you can get your world right. And discouragement becomes an inappropriate worldview. So anyways, i got to close this. David, uh, he, 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 he gets so encouraged. He's, he walks over to 600 men, the baddest dudes on the planet, preaches to them. They're talking about killing him. Preached them to be encouraged, to follow him again. David goes to Abathar the priest and says this. Is it God's will that I pursue? And will I overtake them? And the word of the Lord was, pursue, you shall overtake them and without fail recover all. Now let me just talk about those three things. This is your year to get your stuff back. This is your year to pursue your destiny. Pursue your family inheritance. Pursue a generational calling. This is your year to go for it. Just turn to your neighbor and say, this is your year to go for it. Okay. Number two, the Lord said to him, David said, this is a curious thought. David said, they have a three-day head start on me. Can I catch up in life to where I should be? God, can you catch me up? Can you catch me up? And I just want to tell you, God specializes. Here's what Joel, Joel said like this, Joel 2.25. I will restore the years to you. I'll give you back the years. So we lost all kinds of things. Well, seven years ago, a pastor called me, and, and by the end of the conversation, he had given me a $30 million church building for free. Just And uh, for, you know, my favorite word, you might want to know what my favorite word is? Free. Yeah, I, I get tingly just thinking about that word. <laughs> and... Uh, um, 2,400 seat auditorium, blah, 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 blah. Crazy stuff. All of those things happened because I got my mind right, my heart right. So you know your heart is healthy when it starts to dream again. If your heart's not dreaming, something suffocating the hope that should be nourishing your creativity. God wants to take that out. He wants, he wants your heart to respond to his love and his, his word. And, and so David said, can I catch up in life? There's this story in 2 Kings chapter 8, a woman, the Shumanite woman. And uh, she had gone away for seven years because Elijah had said, a famine's coming, leave town and uh, come back. So she was gone by the word of the Lord, came back. Someone had dispossessed or repossessed her farm, her business, her house. And uh, so she came back, and she's going to make an appeal to the king to get her house back. She's in the courtyard, and the king's bored that day, and he says to Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, hey, tell me some stories about Elijah. And Gehazi says, I got a good one. There was a woman who had a son. The son died in the field. We put him in a bedroom. She went to get Elijah. He came, and he raised the boy from the dead. And and while he's finishing telling the story, he looks around and says, King, there's the woman. There's her son. I, I just want to say, in the courtroom of heaven, your name has come up 
Your, your name has come up. Your name has come up. The king said, are you the gal? She said, yes, I'm the gal. And the king said, I've got, the king appointed an officer to her and said, restore all that was hers and the proceeds of the field from that day to now. God not only wants to give you back what you've lost, he wants to give you back interest on what you've lost. He wants to, you to give, give you back what it would have earned if you had never lost it. Come on, that's really real. God can do that. Restore all that was hers. The, the story closes. David recovered all, got his stuff back, his family, his money, got his men's family, their money back. And then the Bible says, and then David took the spoil or the wealth of the Amalekite nation. And one day he went from being the poorest to the richest man in Israel. And within hours he's crowned king of Judah. Yeah. If you can conquer discouragement of what the devil's done to your family, you can help rescue a nation that's under oppression. See, see the victories we win in private when no one's watching empower us to win victories in public when everyone's watching. David preached to himself, prayed, called upon God, recited scripture, worshiped his way. The quicker we worship, the quicker we heal. He's got over oh, there, he's out there playing his harp, whatever it is, his guitar. And he's getting his heart right. This is your take back here. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.